Let's review another example for resection of dominant insular low-grade gliomas. This is a more challenging case since this is a recurrent tumor. This is a 32-year-old female who previously underwent a subtotal resection of her left insular glioma years ago in an outside institution. She subsequently recurred, as you can see, in terms of her tumor. The mass is primarily located at the area of the insula. However, there is some extension of the tumor along the anterior temporal lobe. Therefore, this tumor is primarily an insular temporal low-grade glioma. My strategy in this case involved removal of the portion of the superior temporal gyrus affected by the tumor. This resection would provide an expanded trajectory via the transylvian route to remove the part of the tumor within the insula and inferior to superior operative trajectory will be selected to remove the more superior pole of the tumor. Let's go ahead and review the operative events in this case. She subsequently underwent a left frontotemporal craniotomy. The previous curvilinear incision was slightly extended. The draping is also illustrated here. I mapped the inferior phonogyrus as well as the superior temporal gyrus. The reason behind this strategy is the transylvian corridor may not be entirely adequate for removal of large insular tumors. If I map the superior temporal gyrus as was the inferior frontal gyrus, I'll be able to perform corticotomy safely within these cortices in order to expand my operative corridor and remove the superior or inferior poles of the tumor. In this case, the sylvian fissure was first dissected, as you can see here. I will go ahead and map the ferris and the tongue area, followed by the motor speech. Three, go four, ahead. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. Here's more speech. Let's go ahead and map the language. Boy won a first place ribbon. Okay. The man read a book. That's yeah. Go ahead. The boy played games on the computer. Okay, you're reading okay? Mm-hmm. So in this case, the superior temporal gyrus did not appear to carry any function, at least the areas that were exposed within the operative field. I further skeletonized the MCA branches before proceeding with removal of the anterior superior temporal gyrus. You can see the previous area of resection cavity, some what's scarred in, the insula affected by the tumor. Here's part of the resection involving the superior temporal gyrus, providing additional space for removal of the insular portion of the tumor. 
Here are some of the MC branches. Now I divert my attention toward the operative trajectory posterior to the MC territories. The response of the tumor to the bipolar coagulation is different than the response of the normal white matter. This methodology and this difference can be quite effective in guiding the surgeon for aggressive removal of the tumor. You can see some of the MCA branches here, the M1, working underneath these branches to remove additional part of the rubbery grayish tumor. Here are the M2 and M3 branches. Here is M1. I continue to remove additional tumor while looking for lateral lenticulostriate arteries that define the most medial border of the resection. Next, I create these working windows between M2 and M3 branches to access additional part of the tumor. Again, you can see the tumor is relatively easily suckable after its coagulation. The MC branches have to be carefully protected and periodically bathed in papaverin using papaverin-soaked gel foam pledges. Here you can see the part of resection getting close to the striatum. Another working window is created just more anteriorly. Again, between the M2 and M3 branches, here you can see two working windows and the third one more posteriorly. The part of the tumor hiding underneath the MCA branches is also removed. The most prominent blind spot is just underneath the frontal opercula. I continue to create additional working spaces here. Frequent intraoperative neurological examinations are important for providing the surgeon with additional confidence in remaining aggressive in tumor resection. Here you can see I'm focusing on the tumor close to the internal capsule. I use thrombin-soaked pieces of cotton for hemostasis. Gentle tamponade is used and aggressive coagulation over the perforating vessels is avoided. Here you can see the lateral lenticlostride arteries. A very nice demonstration of these vessels. Obviously any injury to these vessels can lead to hemiplegia or hemiparesis. Here's a more demagnified view of these important vessels. Again, one, two, and three working channels. Here is removal of the tumor close to the internal capsule, more posteriorly. I use subcortical mapping to guide resection of the tumor in this area. Additional bathing of the vessels with papaverin. Additional inspection reveals no obvious tumor. Neuronavigation navigation can be at times confusing due to brain shift. Therefore, surgical judgment and experience 
are quite important. As you can see here, the navigation is somewhat not reliable. Post-operative MRI in this case revealed adequate removal of the mass and this patient recovered from her surgery without any neurological deficit. Thank you.